Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. Ten years. Ten years. I'm not going to preach long, so just stay with me, and then we're going to break some ground. You ready? Ten years. A lot can happen in ten years. A lot can happen in ten years. A lot has changed over the past 10 years. If you think back 10 years ago, the iPhone had not yet been released 10 years ago. It was close, but they had not yet released the first smartphone, the iPhone. Imagine your life without a smartphone. Can you imagine, what did we do? How did we survive without a smartphone? My brother, my oldest brother, he still uses the old flip phone. And we call it the, the iFlip 6 is what we call it. He still has it. Very few of those people around anymore. But things have changed over the past 10 years. 10 years ago, my kids, my twins, they were 8 years old and, and in the third grade 10 years ago. Now they're 18 years old and attending college. And so much has changed in your life. Some of you, you didn't have children 10 years ago. Life was easier then, right? Some of you, you were not married 10 years ago. And for others, you're still not married, so much hasn't changed. It's okay. Some of you, some of you, you were not even born yet because we've got all of our kids in here today and and you were not even born yet, but yet here you are 10 years later. In a decade, it has the ability to change many things. I have told you before that in scripture, numbers play a significant role. I want you to listen to this. Seven, the number seven, it represents completion. Seven days. God was complete with his work in seven days. Six represents humanity because humanity will always fall a little short of God. Always or a lot short of God. Uh, the, The number three represents perfection. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, is perfection. But the number 10, somebody say 10. This is our decade of destiny. The number 10 is used 242 times in the Bible. The word 10th is used 79 times in the Bible. Some people would have you believe that the number 10 represents perfection. Uh, This meaning would be carried on today whenever we say something or someone is a perfect 10. I mean, as in like Mandy McKinley married a perfect 10, right? So uh, that that just shows you kind of how people relate to the number 10. But for today, on our 10th anniversary as a church family, I want us to look at the number 10 through a different filter. Because the number 10 all through the Bible represents testing. Let me give you a few examples. And this is, I need you to react with me, okay? So, so, so some crowd correspondence would be great here. How many plagues were there in Egypt? In other words, how many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? That's right. How many commandments are there? In other words, how many ways is our obedience tested? That's right. God tested Israel 10 times while they were in the, in the wilderness. God tested Jacob's heart 10 times by allowing his wages to be changed while he was working for, for Laban. Uh, uh, 
Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were tested for 10 days, only eating uh, vegetables and drinking water instead of the royal food and wine. And, and get this, this is where you always get people. I'll mess some of you up right here and you'll just disconnect and you'll be ready to go get your car, but it's too awkward because everybody can watch you. But, but, but here's what happens. The tithe, 10th. 10%, say 10. The tithe represents the ultimate heart check for the believer. Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God even said in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 in the Old Testament, as it pertains to the tithe, the tenth, he says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and give you so much blessing that you won't have room for it. So God even says, using the number 10, you are allowed to test me. And it's the only place in scripture where God invites us to test him. Now, this is not a message on giving, so relax, okay? In the New Testament, the pattern is continued. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus teaches a parable about 10 virgins that had their preparedness tested. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10 says that some will be tested by being put in prison and persecuted for 10 days. And of course, Jesus had 10 disciples, right? I was just testing you because 10 is the number of testing. It was 12 disciples. So obviously, on such a momentous day here at Destiny Community Church, I had to ask myself in preparing, God, how are you testing us? How are you testing us as a church, Lord? What, what are you trying to say to us? What do you want to do through us? Because we've come so far in 10 years. From 15 people that met on that first Wednesday night, 15 of us, to hundreds that are under this tent right now. We've come so far. But I have to ask myself, Lord, is there a lesson to learn in this? Is there a testing in this for us as a congregation? And I believe so. I want to read from Luke chapter 6 this morning. Jesus is speaking, Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 49. And it reads, For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit, for figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good measure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. He goes on to say, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house. Get this. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been built, been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Friday morning, there was a crew that showed up here. Uh, uh, we, we, we rented this tent, and so they had to bring in the professionals to, to erect this tent. And they started by driving these, these stakes in the ground. You'll see them all around the tent. They're, they're about two and a half to three feet long, these big, huge stakes. 
driving them in with a sledgehammer by hand. And the, the gentleman told us that they would drive in 132 stakes to secure this tent. And the first one went in pretty good. Man, that guy just started. We're standing right there beside him. But a little bit later, we were standing off on the property doing some other work. And they hit Lime Rock right over here. For some of you that's worked out here at some of our community events and you've had to drive stakes in the ground before, you'll know exactly how frustrating that gets. But man, did it solidify this tent. Because once it's in that Lime Rock, it's not coming up. And last night about 1030 when it was storming at my house and, and the electricity went off and I could hear it raining and the wind blowing, I, I was thanking God. Thank God for 132 stakes that have made this thing secure. But then I found out this morning it didn't even rain here last night. So... <laughs> There goes that illustration, right? And as we build this church facility, I know that, that these professionals over here, they'll make sure that we prep this property and that we will pour a foundation that will support the structure that, that will sit on top of it. They'll make sure that, that it's to code and that, that it can stand the storms. And, and so here's where I'm heading with this and we're about to get out of here. Here's our test. Over the past few weeks, I've been feeling God stirring something inside of me. And it was confirmed this past Tuesday at a meeting that I was at in Orlando with Dr. Mark Rutland. Because I was challenged. You see, it would be very easy right now for me to stand here, get the ushers prepared and say, let's give, let's give towards our, our building, towards our dream. Because if you've been around here for very long, <clears throat> excuse me, if you've been around here for very long, you know how important it is to us to sow into somebody else's dream that we take the first quarter of every year and, and we encourage people don't give to the building fund, give to missions. That is what's important to us. But God's been faithful to us and we've raised the $500,000 that we wanted to raise in order to break ground. We have secured that. But, but how many of you, whoa, 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 wait, wait, let me just, Debbie Downer right here. You ready? How many of you know it's going to take more than $500,000 to build this? Jason Saitaki, you know this. It's because I'm, we have this conversation weekly, man. It's going to take more than that. I'm trying to get him to design it cheaper, but it's not, you know, it's going to cost more. And so it would be probably even proper for me to stand right here today, get the ushers prepared and say, let's give. I could promise you that there would be air conditioning in that building and you would give even more. <laughs> but that's not how we got here. That's not us. Yeah, we give. And we're faithful to the building fund when it's time to be faithful to a building fund. And trust me, we've got to raise a lot more money, but, but the project is, is, is about to start. But that's not our foundation. That's not what God has called us to do necessarily. He's called us to something that's bigger than we are. And so I want you to hear from one of our career missionaries. I'm going to invite Jessica Hansen to come up on stage, and I want her to tell you about a project. Jessica, if you'll just come right over here and maybe, I, I just told her, her husband this past week what I was planning on doing. He couldn't be here. And so I think Josh and I kind of solidified everything yesterday. And so we're kind of putting you on the spot. Jessica, 
was in Florida anyway uh, for a missions conference. And instead of staying the last day at the missions conference in Central Florida, she wanted to be here with us because of how much you have done as a congregation for the orphanage. And Jessica and Josh, they've become like family to us. They've been here numerous times. We love them. Um, Mandy and I love to fellowship with them. I was able to go up uh, to Minnesota this, this past winter and, and help them with a missions conference. And so uh, I even told Josh on Facebook uh, this morning that, that they're part of our tribe. They are. They're, they're part of us. And so Jessica's coming in, and I see God start orchestrating all of this and, and what's been going on in my heart and my mind. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to miss God, and I have no idea what this is going to look like. But I know what God's called us to do. That there are orphans that need us to be the hand of Jesus extended. And so I've asked her to tell you about this project. So Jessica, just take a few minutes, and if, if I think of anything I need to ask you, I will, but just tell them a little bit about it. Good morning. I cannot possibly stand up here before you um, without thanking you. Um, thank you, Pastor Rocky, for allowing me to share a little bit of what God is doing at Casa Shalom, and I have to thank all of you because this morning there are 119 Guatemalan orphans and abandoned children worshiping in Destiny Chapel on Casa Shalom's property because of your generosity. Amen. So on behalf of those 119 children, thank you. Um, and we believe that God has got even more in store for Casa Shalom. Like I said, we have 119 boys and girls. That is the largest number of children that Casa Shalom has ever housed. Uh, that is good news and bad news. It's bad news because the children are not uh, able to be with their family for different reasons. And it's good news that at Casa Shalom, they're receiving holistic care. They're receiving good food, um, medication, schooling, and most importantly, the, the word of Jesus Christ. They're being trained up as disciples of Jesus. Um, but we want to do more. Josh and I, my husband and I, we feel called to take in more children. At this point, we are at capacity. We have no more room for more children. Um, and unfortunately, we get calls every week from the Guatemalan government saying, can you take in this child? Can you take in this sibling group? And we have to say, I am so sorry. We would love to, but we simply don't have the space for them. And that breaks our heart because... Um, Casa Shalom, while it's not perfect, it is a good, good home for these children. And we know that some other orphanages that they go to are not good places. They may not be receiving an education, and they certainly may not be learning about Jesus. And so Josh and I feel called to expand Casa Shalom. And those of you who have been there, who are familiar with our ministry, you know that Casa Shalom is about a lot more than just bed space. So it's more than just building buildings, big buildings, warehouses for kids, and putting beds in there. No, it's about um, having places for the kids to eat and proper rooms for them to um, visit with psychologists and all of these things that come with this holistic model that we have. And so we are uh, in the very beginning phases of a long-term expansion project. And at the beginning of that, we'll be infrastructure. And then after that, the very last thing, once we have our infrastructure in place, we'll be building houses for the kids. And so the very first project that we have that Pastor Rocky asked for me to share with you is our cafeteria. Right now, we are squeezing those 119 children 
children into a tiny little cafeteria. I wish I had a picture with me to show you. Sorry, I don't. But, and then the cooks cook on one one stovetop, one plain stovetop. Anybody here who's cooked a meal for maybe even a large family knows that sometimes you run out of space for cooking. Now imagine cooking a meal for 119 kids plus about 50 staff three times a day. So that is the very first thing that we are going to do. Lord willing is expand our cafeteria so the children have a, pl a proper place to eat, the cooks have a proper place to cook, and we can um, begin all that whole process um, of building the infrastructure. So Lord willing, one day we can house up to 300 kids at Casa Shalom. Now, <clears throat> Jessica, one of the things that, that Josh and I were talking about was that y'all are limited on your cook space right now in the current cafeteria. I mean, very limited. Like how many burners? And four burners. Four burners yeah. cooking for 100 and 119 kids and about 50 staff a day. Yeah. And so um, I think we have a picture of what the new cafeteria and the expansion would look like. I know it's hard to see because of the light that's coming in. but. I'm not asking you, church, that, you know, I, I know we took on the chapel that's there. And if, the, if those of you that remember the story, they had to perform a, a funeral service for one of their children, one of the babies, in their cafeteria, their current cafeteria. And it, it, it broke our hearts as a congregation. And we said, never again do we want that to happen. We want there to be a chapel that they can worship in. And should they ever have to bury another child, we wanted them to have a place that they could honor that child's life. Well, that's an easy project to jump on because it's a chapel. <clears throat> we had no idea they were going to name it Destiny Chapel, but while we were there for the dedication, they presented us with a plaque that's in our office, and there's a plaque that hangs in the, in the chapel. This isn't for us. It's not so we can get our name out there. I don't know. I don't know how far we're going to go into this project, but all I know is that God wanted us today to continue sowing into somebody else's dream before we focused on ours again. And I met with our council Wednesday night and I asked them, I said, guys, tell me, what do you feel, what do you think? And all of our council members jumped on it and said, pastor, if you feel God leading us this way, let's go this way. And so today, I'm not telling you that we're taking up pledges for this project. I'm not telling you that we're gonna see it through to completion, all that, today, we are going to, to lay a foundation offering for this project, for this cafeteria that will be able to feed 300 children, right? 300 children. But as she said, this is the infrastructure. This has to be done first before they can build any more housing for beds. I want to be a part of that, don't you? I want to be a major part of this. I want to do what we can. More importantly, I just want to obey God because when you don't obey God, you're building your house without a foundation is what Jesus said. But when you hear God's words, he said, then you're building it on a solid structure. You're building it on the rock. We're listening to God right now. That's all we're doing. We're listening to God. I want to do this. And so our ushers are getting prepared right now. They're going to be uh, stationed one over here, one there, two more in the back. If you are prepared to give and there's something you want to give, then I want you to bring that and, and put it in the, in the offering buckets after we pray. But, but listen, some of you may not be prepared. I, I'm prepared. I wrote a check this morning. I'm prepared. I'm going to drop it in the offering. But some of you didn't come prepared. You can go to our website. You can give there. You, you can give uh, through the app, through the DCC app, through Secure Give. 
if you are not prepared and you want to bring a check by the office this week or, or whatever, we'll make sure every dime of this goes straight to this project. And so I want to pray over this. Would you let Jessica know how much? Thank you, Jessica, for being here. Thank you for being a part. Church, church, if building a building stops us from doing ministry, then God, stop it. Stop it dead in its tracks. But I believe that this foundation offering that we are about to, to, to receive for this orphanage, I believe that it's also going to release the supernatural blessing of God over our lives. Don't you? Don't you? Father, we present this offering to you, God, asking you to double it, triple it, quadruple it, Lord, whatever they need for that orphanage, Lord, whatever they need for this project. God, I know that it's expensive. It's not cheap. God, you know that it's $220,000 that they're going to need to make this cafeteria expansion come, become a reality. God, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt my feelings right now if we did it all right now in this moment. $220,000, the largest offering we've ever received. God, I believe it could happen. But God, whatever, whatever you lay on our hearts, we just want to be faithful to that. And so God, bless the giver, as I know you will, because you are faithful to bless whenever we give to your kingdom, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you bring your offering to the Lord? Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.